0: Welcome to Film Fight Club. I'm Glenn Falcon, Sledver Falcon Screen, and we are joined by Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans. Hello. And freelance writing critic for Nehru. Hello, hello. Now we are one week out from the biggest film event of the year. It is the Sydney Film Festival. We are very excited. We've been planning our schedules and trying to fit everything in. There's always a struggle.
1: Yeah, the Sydney Film Festival, where three of us met for the first time, I remember. That's right. Uh, So, yeah, special place. It is a special place, and we will be doing an episode next week
0: where we will be sorting out our schedules in much more detail with our annual Clashes episode. (laughs) Yeah,
2: this year it's particularly intense, which is a testament to how strong the program is.
0: The number of Clashes, that is. Jeez. Yes, it is. And speaking of the festival, we are very delighted to have with us the Sydney Film Festival director, Nashan Moodley, to talk about this year's program. Nashan, thank you so much for joining us. It's a great pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show again. So it's the Sydney Film Festival. It's seven days away. Are you excited? Tell us about this year's the 65th Annual Sydney Film Festival. Yeah, we're really happy with the program we've assembled.
3: It's It took a long time and uh, there were lots of challenges along the way, as they always are. But in the end, I'm really, really delighted with what we've got. We've managed to secure, I think, the best films from the last year and some very very new films that are coming to us straight from Cannes, and perhaps a few more in the coming days so we're really excited with the program and uh, we hope the people of sydney and beyond enjoy this festival she had a few more in a few days that even more to fit in our schedule hopefully spread across the program
2: because the weekends are packed Intent. Hint. Yes. Wow. Including
0: <laughs> 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 for all the schedules out there. So we do have a lot of films to talk about. Um, however, I'd like to ask. Firstly, I mean, look, we've been looking through the program. We'll be talking about it. And there's a few interesting creative directions you've gone this year, including the focus on documentaries. There always is an amazing selection of documentaries, but particularly this year, there is quite an extensive focus. Well, I think it's each year we do many documentaries. My
3: colleague Jenny Naber makes a fantastic program of documentary films. This year, there's, again, a really broad range of subjects covered and uh, some fantastic films and some that are selling incredibly well already, some that are sold out already. And uh, I think uh, there's a real audience for documentaries, certainly within the festival context. I know fewer and fewer documentaries are released theatrically these days, which is a great pity, but I think you'll see several films at the festival that you would think would really deserve to be theatrically released.
2: I think that's a trend for the film festival in general, because less and less interesting films are coming to theatres these days, in my opinion, and I think it's making the Sydney Film Festival very necessary for people who are interested in interesting films in sydney
3: yeah i'm afraid that that may well be the situation more and more around the world as well and uh, that is that is a challenge i think uh, when we we look at how quickly things have changed and i only arrived in in australia about 7 years ago and i was really stunned in a very pleasant way at the range of cinema available mm. in in Uh, theatrically and uh, I think that's narrowed a great deal over this time and
2: it seems like the art house market is really dried up I remember around those days there was some pretty interesting and unusual picks coming to your Verona and your Dundee Newtown and these days I think the shift has gone increasingly mainstream and Netflix has become the place to watch more specialty releases if they're lucky enough to get picked up there so it's great to see such a diverse lineup at the festival
3: yeah and i think uh you know even on television i remember when i first got here i turned on my television for the first time and i thought i I recognize this film it's a korean film called castaway on the moon what on earth is it doing on free-to-air television (laughs) here what channel is this and i think even that's changed a a Mm. great deal in that time and uh, i think it's pretty sad yeah i agree with that
0: Now, we're very keen to talk about some of the films in the official competition, but while we're talking about documentaries, Chris and I were muddling over this earlier. Um, There's one particular film that has seen... There's many sessions that have already sold out, and there's one that has sold out, and this is... I'm hearing a lot of people don't generally go to festivals who are just queuing up, including my mother, who goes to films occasionally, but is so keen to see this one particular movie.
2: Yeah, who knew that Ex Libris would be the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fastest selling film
3: at the festival right frederick Wiseman doing it again i wouldn't have picked it being the one of the first films to sell out but it did um i mean of course Wiseman has uh, a great fan base at the festival and and we screen every film um mm. of his but yeah first to sell out uh, no one really would have picked that but it's a wonderful film uh, it shows the possibilities of libraries doing so much more than lending people books, um, doing so much more around the act of reading. And uh, it's a fantastic film. So I'm really glad that many people are going to sit through what, close to four hours, I think. <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. I, I think you've both got tickets for that one.
2: No, I missed out. I'm, I'm crossing fingers that certain people will realize how long it is and freak out.
3: <laughs> well, the show will help. We've now
2: <laughs> I don't think it's quite four hours, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's
3: It's only not 90 minutes. There's actually
2: quite a few movies th- uh, four hours or near to it this year. I was surprised at how many really long films were in the program. We've got um, The Restoration of A Brighter Summer Day. We've got An Elephant Sitting Still. Um there's movies over three hours like The Wild Pedge. quintessential Central Love Diaz? Yeah, Love Diaz is there at four <laughs> hours once again with um what's it called again? It's Season of the Season Devil. Season of the Devil, right.
3: Which is a relatively short Love Diaz
2: film. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to catch the relatively
0: short, longer films, <laughs> you know where to go now. Right, right.
2: And uh yeah, another Abdelatif Kashish film, um Mektub, My Love, also three hours. That's so right. It That's right. It's, right. it's only chapter one. Right. That's something that you're not going to see at, at regular cinemas anytime soon. No, you're not. Yeah. Not. I'm, yeah, I, I am looking forward to the butt-numbing to come <laughs> the next few weeks.
0: So speaking of butt-numbing and the films you will not see regularly at cinemas, there are several films that are screening in the official competition. Um, one of which I have already had my tickets for. Um, I'm very appreciative of that in, over the years. Miko, two years ago, and with Maliglitit, last year, there were films focused on just indigenous culture, but also North American indigenous culture. And this one is um, in the vein of what Maliglitit, Maliglitit offered last year, but something at the same time very, very different. Yeah, it's a film called Aga, which is set in
3: one of the northernmost parts of the world one of the coldest parts of the world and it's a very very beautiful film a, a romance in some ways about a, an elderly couple who live in complete isolation um, there's no community around them they they have a single contact to the outside world who comes to visit them every few months or weeks it's hard for us to, to trace time in a way in this in this film and he tells them about their daughter, from whom they're they're estranged, and I think the film so delicately and beautifully looks at this changing society and what impact it has on this couple, who are in some ways the last of their people to to stay true to the old ways, and it's it's just devastatingly beautiful. And the the I think it's just going to look incredible on on the big screen at the state, and uh, people are going to leave that screening. I think in tears, I predict.
1: And it's a good prediction. What's interesting also is the focus on Afghanistan because I remember last year, Wolf and Sheep was one of my favorite films which screened and I'm really fascinated to see what kind of films from Afghanistan and the region in general are being screened at the Film Festival this year? Well, I think
3: one I should point out also in the competition is Jirga and by an Australian filmmaker, Benjamin Gilmore. And the story of the film is incredible because uh, Benjamin went off with his actor, Sam Smith, to shoot a film in Pakistan. They had funding from Pakistan to make this film. And once they got there, the film was deemed too politically hot to make and funding was pulled. So they could have done the sensible thing, return to Australia, regroup, figure out how to make this film or another film, but Benjamin went off to a Pakistani shopping mall, bought a camera, learned how to use it, rewrote the script very hurriedly, and they went off to Afghanistan, where he made a film before, um, Son of a Lion, uh, in that region, that border region, and uh, exposing themselves to great danger. Uh, made this film, Jirga, which is very beautiful and a a, a film about war, but one that also shows the power of forgiveness and redemption. And uh, again, I think it's going to be a great screening at the State Theatre. That's incredible dedication. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely,
0: it is. I'm looking forward to that one too, and I'm also looking forward. to We were talking right before uh, an interview about the new venue for the Sydney Film Festival in Eastern Sydney, and there one particular film uh, set in Afghanistan, um, which died very well on the awards circuit. Which I'm very much looking forward to seeing. And I have my tickets for the first session. I think it's on the Saturday, first Saturday or Sunday afternoon. You're talking about the Breadwinner. Yes. Yeah, it's a lovely animation. It's uh, very beautifully
3: done, and uh, the story of. Uh, a young girl whose father's arrested by the Taliban and she's determined to save him and has to pose as the boy to do so, has to work and find money to support her family. And uh, it's a great tale of bravery, one that's really inspiring and heartwarming. and we think it's going to work very well for young people but for adults too.
2: On the subject of animation, I'm particularly looking forward to Mirai. Absolutely.
3: Mamoru Mamoru Hosoda's new film uh, played in Cannes and the director's fortnight. And um, again, we're screening it at the state. Uh, We've played a few of his films at the festival before. Mm -hmm. I think Summer Wars played. And yeah, I think he's a a fantastic animator and storyteller. I think Uh,
2: he's a necessary addition to the anime landscape now that we don't have Studio Ghibli around anymore. I think he's capturing some of that old Miyazaki magic.
3: Absolutely, but apparently Miyazaki's going to make another film.
0: Right. I, I think. So we'll he'll, see. He'll never stop working. <laughs> you, 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 you never retire, <laughs> retire right? Yeah. Until you retire the last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hope not. We hope not. Yeah. And just, but to bring us totally to the ad break, uh, just to bring us back to Afghanistan, there is one other documentary, in Australia, from an Australian filmmaker, oh. sent in Afghanistan. And I'm a music fan, as are many other people on the station, and I who listen to the station, and they're going to be particularly keen on this one.
3: Yeah, Rockable is uh, incredible story of uh, a bunch of young men in in Kabul who don't really know how to play any instruments, don't even have the instruments in in some cases, but are determined to form a heavy metal band. And they're assisted by the filmmaker and journalist Travis Beard. And uh, the film is incredible because it it just shows this compulsion to make art where it doesn't really make sense to do so. Your life is uh, under threat just for playing music. And... They go ahead and they do it, and uh, I think it's uh, it's a remarkable story. And we'll have great screenings. We'll have the director with us and one of... The band members, I hope too. Oh, that's so, marvelous! Yes, yeah. so we're yes. working on that, and uh, I Fingers think it'll be fantastic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I I enjoyed watching the scenes where they're playing to audiences, and whether there were four hundred or ten thousand, as they said, and that was marvelous. And I look forward to seeing a little bit of that magic play out in Sydney. But we will be playing for you now from District Unknown, Modern Nature, one of the hits. We will be right back with Nash and Moody from the Sydney Film Festival. Stay tuned. And we are back with Sydney Film Festival Director Nash National talking all things Sydney Film Festival 2018. Um, finishing up with our focus on Afghanistan, there is one more documentary about filmmakers of all things. Uh, we've heard of Bollywood, we've heard of Hollywood, but this is something very, very different.
3: Yeah, the film's called The Prince of Nothingwood and is about this quite crazy guy, I think, uh, called Salim Shaheen, who's made... I think at the time of filming of the documentary, around 110 or 111 films, all starring himself. He's always the, the lead actor. As you do. Um, <laughs> and the films are, are action films, you know, romances, there's song and dance numbers. But of course, because it's not permitted or suddenly you know, incredibly dangerous for uh, women to star in films in, in Afghanistan, the uh, female roles are played by men as well. And, uh, it's fascinating because he has real star power in, in Afghanistan. He's recognized everywhere he goes. Um, they don't use prop weapons, they use real weapons. When they, <laughs> 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 Oh dear. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't get away with that here. <laughs> but, um, as the director says, it, it's, these guys really put their lives on the line when, when making cinema. They're really doing that and it's, uh, uh it's, r- really a lovely inspirational story of someone so determined to make films and he says it's called there's so little money in it actually no money in it that that's why it's called Nothingwood.
0: wow well i'm seeing that i got my tickets next friday night at Dendi opera keys i think so yeah very keen.
2: there was another movie about filmmaking that i was interested in film worker with a very different angle on the filmmaking process from what i've heard yeah
3: absolutely this is about uh, a man who leon vitali who who dedicated his life to Stanley Kubrick? Um, he was going to be an actor, and I think had a small role in in one of the uh, in Barry Lyndon. Yeah,
2: and a very memorable role though, as as Lord Bullingdon, Barry Lyndon's uh, adopted son. Oh, 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 yeah, right, yeah, yeah, wow.
3: And uh, was so fascinated by by Kubrick and and wanted to learn more about the process and became his right hand man, really doing everything and all sorts of things um, to aid the great master. Mm. And I think it's uh, uh, perhaps a reflection on on, on genius and, and the people who enable that genius and sometimes perhaps don't get the right amount of credit for doing so.
1: Right, right. Uh, talking about lighter films, I'm interested in satire. And I think uh, Mani Hajiji's new film, Pig, seems to be an interesting take on everything middle eastern life
3: it's completely mad this film it's really bonkers and i love it so it's uh it's about a film director who's who's blacklisted so there's a little political element but i wouldn't say it's a political film um this time it's it's really a very funny film that satirizes the arts community and, and filmmaking itself uh, so he's blacklisted he can't make any films he's Really upset that his muse is working with other directors, <laughs> but it's most upset that the most prominent Iranian directors are being killed. They're being murdered, uh, beheaded. And his question is well, if they're killing the best filmmakers, Why is no one coming to kill me when I'm the best filmmaker? (laughs) (laughs) And there's a wonderful, wonderful scene where he's complaining to his mother that you know, and she says, "No, but, but you're so great, you're so great. I'm sure they'll come to kill you very soon. (laughs) I'm sure you're next."
0: (laughs) Honey, don't worry. Don't. It's gonna happen. You'll you'll make it one day. Wow. It's
3: an incredible film. It's really hilariously funny and quite unlike anything I've seen from Iran. I've seen many, many Iranian films um, over the years, but this. This, is, this comes out of a completely different mindset and space.
2: Wow. Well, on the subject of blacklisted Iranian directors... <laughs> we have, of course, Not uh, lovely segue. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have the new film from Jafar Panahi, just out of Cannes, Three Faces.
3: Absolutely. It won the Best Screenplay Award in Cannes. And um, he's one of my favorite filmmakers. I, I love Jafar Panahi, and uh, he's a wonderful, oh, humane director, a wonderful person. And I... I'm so happy that we've managed to play all four of his films since being banned from filmmaking um, at Sydney Film Festival. And I just wish that a time will come very soon when Jaffa can actually join us at the festival. He was uh, someone who really loved to travel all over the world um he came to my festival in Durban many times. He came to the Dubai Film Festival where I worked as well uh, several times. And he was someone who just had uh, a great adventurous spirit and and wanted to meet people and, and eat different stuff and, and do all sorts of things. So he's, um, he's very much missed by the international film community and, and by me. And uh, I hope things will change. I, I, I say this with every film. Um, I'm happy he's still making films, but I hope his situation changes so that he's allowed to travel again.
1: Um. Talking about sorry, oh. <laughs> no sorry. I was gonna, just going to say uh, talking about people who I wish can make it to the festival. Uh, it's interesting to know that Nawazuddin Siddiqui will have three films now at Sydney Film Festival after Gangs, Raman and now Manto. So it's almost like nice little trifecta happening with that. He's one of the best ra- actors I know, so I'm glad that you've sort of uh, picked up Blades from Khan.
3: Yeah, we're really happy to have Manto in the festival. I, I think the film's great. I'm a big fan of the writer Manto, and um, I don't know how how much he's read uh, these days. Actually, um, I came upon him by chance many years ago, and I have been slightly obsessed ever since. And uh, I think the film is. Uh, th- directed by Nandita Das the acclaimed actress it's her second film her first was a film called Firak and in a way this covers similar territory i think it looks at um religious difference and and violence and uh and art and what it takes to to create that art um especially at this very vital time in the history of india and, and pakistan so i think it's a it's a film that also very carefully and cleverly Incorporates I think four or five, I think it's five of Mantos' most famous stories and um, does it very well. So we're really delighted to have to have the film. And you're quite right, it's a wonderful performance again by Noah Zudin, who I agree with you is one of the, the best actors working in Indian cinema today.
0: Now there's changing tech ever so slightly, there's two documentaries I'm quite interested in along the very similar theme of surveillance. One is compiled from tens of thousands of hours of footage, whereas the other is about a very prevalent, a very current issue, uh, as we're uh, seeing that Mark Zuckerberg and others have been under a lot of pressure with uh, the news that has broken about Facebook. And there is a doc- another documentary which focuses in great detail on those uh, very much part of that machinery.
3: Yeah, uh, the, the first one you refer to is uh, Shubing's Dragonfly Eyes, which is uh, quite an incredible film i think it's uh it's it's playing as an installation now at the white rabbit gallery but uh we felt it could it could do with the cinema screening um where you're really focused on on all of it and yeah made up of tens of thousands of or edited from tens of thousands of hours of footage. What's incredible about it is that it has a narrative that's imposed on it, of course, because the footage is from all sorts of sources. Um, But I I think it's absolutely fascinating, and some of the things you see in it is just incredible. And the documentary is The Cleaners, which is pretty terrifying because uh, I think it just shows us how what we experience on social media and on, on social networks. ...how that's mediated and who that's mediated by and through what rules and um, it means that what we're seeing is very clearly controlled and it also has a a deep impact on the
0: people who are paid to do this cleaning... Um, Yes, so terrifying indeed. Indeed, Um, and we'll be back in one moment with more on the City Film Festival. Uh, As in every year, there are wonderful documentaries about music and fashion. This year is no exception. There is a documentary screening about Vivian Westwood, and we have here from my favourite album, Never Mind the Bollocks, Pretty Vacant. We'll be back in a moment. And that was the Sex Pistols with Pretty Vacant. This is Film Fight Club and we are with Nash and Midley, the director of the Sydney Film Festival. Every year there are many strands that form part of the festival, one of which is returning and I am
1: so glad it is. Yeah, it's Greenability. I'm really excited for this one, especially You Won't Get Far on Foot, which is one of my favourite films that I'm looking forward to. Uh, can you tell us more about The Strand? And it's now returning as well. Uh, what can we look forward to this year? Well,
3: it's, it's great that we have screenability again at the festival. The The section is, is de- dedicated to filmmakers with disability. And uh, we are finding that there are a number of films, not enough yet, um, but a number of films uh, that qualify for this program. And uh, this year we also have Create New South Wales, which has funded uh, a range of short films uh, that we will play on the opening night of Screenability. And uh, also have a, a couple of feature films, feature-length films, The Sign for Love from Israel and Stuttering My Constant Companion from Austria. So, um, again, last year, Screenability for the first year did incredibly well. Most editions were sold out, and uh, we hope to repeat the success
0: this year. Wonderful. Now, each year um, I get my Flexi Pass and I see a bunch of films that I'm seeing with friends and ones, the big ones, I know I want to see. But I like to take a chance on a few. And this is what I always recommend to people to do. Go out there, see one you would normally never see anyone else for a filmmaker you don't know. Keep your eyes on The Hub with $10 dollar sessions
2: for tickets uh, to films that aren't selling so well.
1: Also love the ABBA reference, Glenn. Take a chance on me. Uh, it's oh. some great <laughs> song. I do, do,
0: do love my <laughs> ABBA, my me 2 coming out. Very different. But we, so we want to know... Of the films, there are hundreds of films in this festival. Are there ones people might not have seen, or might not have heard from, or might might want to take a chance on?
3: Yeah, I, I, that you know, there are many. I think that uh, I think it's it's one of the wonderful things about this festival and and many other festivals is that we're able to show works by brand new filmmakers with their first films, uh, filmmakers who are not discovered yet, but who will we hope eventually be the great filmmakers of tomorrow and uh, just a few of the films I, I would like to mention I think uh, Camilla Andini's The Seen and Unseen is a tremendous film it's from an Indonesia and playing in the official competition we have a um, first film playing in the official competition called One Day um, a film from Hungary uh, actually made by uh, a student of uh, Ildiko Enyedi who won the Sydney Film Prize last year for on body and soul and um, one day is a a day in the life of a mother of uh, young children who's having a big problem with her husband who's conducted this romance with one of their, their best friends and the incredible thing about it is that it's so detailed and immersive that the film really plays out like a thriller and it really works in that way and I, I think it's it's tremendous it's a fantastic film um, another first film that I, I think uh, I'm so happy we have at the festival is a film called A Vigilante and it's by an Australian director Sarah Dagger Nixon um, it's set in America and is about a survivor of domestic abuse who takes it upon herself in an incredibly violent way to rescue women who find themselves in terrible situations and uh, the film is Is both thrilling, and it it has fantastic action sequences, but at the same time has real
0: emotive power, and I think it's marvellous. Well, I have my ticket to that one. I'll be seeing that at the State Theatre. I think it's 4 o'clock on Sunday, I think it is. I'll be going with some friends. I know they were quite uh, interested in that one too. And it is happening in Sydney, all around Sydney. For those who want to see the festival, where can they see it? What are the venues this year? Well, we have
3: a range of venues, beginning with the State Theatre, but also... uh, Event cinemas and on George Street. We have uh, Dandy upper Keys, Dandy Newtown. Randwick Ritz returns for the second year. We return also to the wonderful Orpheum, uh, Hayden Orpheum Picture Palace in Cremorne. And we're screening in Casula Powerhouse and. Uh, Art Gallery of New South Wales, there are probably a few that I've missed but the festival really goes to many places and uh, it's very easy to get tickets to the festival, you can visit our website uh, sff.org.au, um, or call our box office or just rock up to the cinema, we usually have tickets for sale for, for most films just at the cinema so drop by.
0: Yeah, we will. We'll be spending a lot of time, too, at the Hub, won't we, with all the... There's a whole new virtual reality segment as part of the festival.
2: Yes, that's right, returning. But more importantly, there's a happy hour for drinks. Ah, (laughs) yes. That's a very debatable (laughs) assertion I just made, but if you live life like we do at Film Fight Club... You yeah. know, the only virtual reality I want to live in <laughs> is one brought about through excessive blood alcohol content.
1: It's probably the only two weeks of our lives where we can pretend to be social and be accepted as being social beings. It brings together film nerds like nothing else.
0: Oh yeah, everyone's going to, all the critics are flying from around the country, um, all my friends are like, Glenn, what do I go see? What do I get tickets to do? So I'm pretty keen. I'm going to see a lot of more people, even though I'm spending more time in closed, darkened rooms than
1: I would. This is fantastic. And not the way that I imagined I would be spending time in closed, dark rooms, but yeah. That's exactly it. So um, we are very excited. And
0: for the, for those who maybe have been to the festival before or have never been before, there'll be some listening. So what, do you, what do you say to them? It's a one week away.
3: Well, I think take a chance on something. What's something you've never heard of before, from a country you've never seen a film from before. Um, I think festivals provide this wonderful opportunity for discovery and, and often people see something they know nothing about that can really change their life and and really create an attachment to that director or that type of cinema or that country cinema. And uh, that's what can happen at a festival. So take a chance and let's see if
0: it does. Well, it did happen to me two years ago. We talked last week about Susami Man, one of my all-time top five favorite films. and Ooh. Be find yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We wow. have to fight about that. We will have That's to funny. fight about <laughs> that. But uh, we will fight about that in coming weeks and hopefully more top five films we will catch in the coming days and weeks. Nashan, thank you so much for joining us. And Thanks very much. We look forward to Sydney Film Festival number 65. Thanks very much for having me on the show again. Thank you.